Hi, this is Steve Pallack. Let's turn over this record and play the B-side. I've got a feeling we've got a hidden gem on our hands. It's Season 5 of the Bait and Switch Podcast. Welcome back to the Bait and Switch Podcast. This is Chris Beyer, as always, with Jim Martin. Jim. Hello, Chris. Uh, my head is up this time. I'm wide awake, focused, rock solid, locked in. All right. Well, that's good to hear. Have you been watching any of this USFL stuff? No. You know, I watched the first couple games. My, my son was really excited about it coming on. And then uh, I watched the first couple games. And it was like uh, about it. That was about it. Well, there are a couple of unique things about it. All eight teams are playing every game in the same stadium for the whole season. I didn't know that. All eight teams are based in Birmingham, Alabama. Okay. Uh-huh. And they're all like living in local hotels. Hotels and, or mobile parks or something? Yeah. And mm-hmm. every game is played at the same stadium. Okay. Huh. Is that serious? Are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. That's true. No, yeah. I never know with you, but that's true. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So huh. I'm, a, I'm thinking that's obviously weird. it's a good way to save money, right? Yeah, yeah. No yeah. no travel costs, right? Right. But then no fan base. Yeah, but there probably is no fan base anyway. Well, well there won't be. I yeah, mean, yeah. They want to build one? Like, <laughs> come on. But uh, anyway, there's eight teams and some unique names, very violent name. You got the, the Pittsburgh Ballers. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's the Houston Gamblers. The Gamblers. Interesting. Yeah, yeah that's a little odd, isn't it? There's no like um, Albuquerque Alcoholics. No. No, no, right, right. There isn't the uh, the Kentucky Cokeheads. How about no. that? The no. Phoenix Fentanyls. No, yeah. that's not... there. You go. No, that might be better. <laughs> I like that. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, let's get back to our guest here tonight. Our guest is Andy Donahue. Now he's been on. Uh, this is the third time he was in the first season. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. Third Very season. Funny. First and... first season. One of my one of my favorite episodes. Welcome, Andy. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, Andy. Good to see you again. Yeah, it's great to be here. Yeah, it's though, too bad we can couldn't do it in the studio. We're going to do it in the yeah, studio. Do. I don't know if we yeah. want to talk about that. HIPAA laws. One thing I thought we could talk with Andy about is being a brand new father. Andy's a brand new father for the third time. And after a little bit of a gap. Big gap. Your kids are how old now? 14, 11, and four months now. Okay. Well, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. The oldest two are boys. And then this one is a... Another little boy. What's his name? Camden. How's he doing? Yeah, he's doing wonderful. Doing yeah. wonderful. No complaints. Sleeps through the night. You know, uh, one thing I, I said about my kids is that their eventual personality was not that much different from their personality on the changing table in the first couple of weeks of their life. For example, my son was kind of the grumpier one because mm-hmm. yeah. I, I figured his first words were going to be something like, it's cold in here. Sure, sure. That, yeah. But uh, <laughs> I, I think a lot of times kids aren't that different at age six days as they are at six years or 10 years. Are your kids, Jim, do they have personalities that translated throughout, you know, from a very young age on to today? Theo has always been one to be uh, very observant. He's a little more quiet, but he also likes to be up on stage and do things like that. So the, his third day of life, we took him to the, his checkup and I put him on the, uh, the changing table unbuttoned his uh you know his diaper because they're gonna weigh him and all that and he peed like straight up my nose to this point he hasn't said piss on you yet so he's not that far so i don't know 
but definitely about, the uh, the observant thing. What about you, Andy? Did your kids at a very you know, your older kids are they either they changed dramatically from when they were one year, two years old, or do they have similar personalities as to yeah. when they were young? It's funny that you say that, Jim. I remember my oldest colony was maybe like a year and a half. I was taking off his diaper and he was he would pee on me. I'd like cover it back up and he'd stop peeing. I'd take it off and he'd start peeing again. I looked at him. <laughs> I'm like, you little, right. you little SLB, you're controlling this. You're purposely peeing on me. Right, right. You can be potty trained then. But yeah, he's still... <laughs> well, the Camden's very happy on the changing path. That's his happiest spot. Oh. My mom babysat him maybe like a month ago and she's like, I didn't know what to do. He just, the only place he was happy was on the changing pad. So I left him on there. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Jim kind of had our kids a little bit later in life. Camden, you had at what age here, Andy? Uh, I was 41, almost 42. Is this your wife's first child? Yeah, her first. Okay. Yeah, so it's all new for her. When we had our first kid, I think it was pretty typical of parents. They're very protective, very concerned. The second one was like, just cry yourself to sleep and forget it. You know, like, you know, everything's going to be okay. Right now. So how is it in a household where it's her first one, but you're third, you know, where you're kind of like, look, everything's going to be fine. You know what I mean? You had that attitude, but she has this perspective of like, oh my God, it's the first one. Are you too chill for her liking? Right. (laughs) No, I don't think so. I mean, I think even my personality would have been like that, even on the first two. Mm -hmm. I mean, other than the first one, I mean, I remember that bringing him home from the hospital and having that feeling like, Oh, this is real. I mean, I grew up around kids. So I was used to being around kids, but it was a whole different story when you come home from the hospital and it's like, there's no turning back at this point. Right. Other than that feeling, yeah, I'd say I'm pretty relaxed, maybe indifferent. Some people might say. Sure. So, well, how is she doing then with her first baby? She's a child therapist. She was, she's been wonderful at it. So it wasn't, okay. She's pretty even keel about it. I mean, of course, she has her protective moments. Yep. Like every mother would have that, but. Yep. Are you doing the daycare thing? Not as of yet. You've got your own gig going, right? Yeah. 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 So you can kind of work your schedule around it. Yeah, yeah, I could. If I, I mean, I wouldn't get paid, but if I woke up and said I'm taking the month off, nobody. It's nobody to tell me I can't do that. Oh, wow. Okay. Maybe you're not that important, Andy, if you can take a whole month off without anybody noticing. (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't get paid, but. (laughs) So what are you doing? I know when we talked to you first year, you were doing the insurance thing, right? No, I'm just doing insurance for myself now. Okay. The company that I was working for got rid of my position, so. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. So you sort of started your own firm or your own uh, brokerage place? With the Wauwatosa family out by Mayfair. Okay. We're right across the street in that yellow building. So our office is in Dr. Briquette in the same office that I went to as a child. And some of the rooms are still the same. Really? I still have uh, a grudge against the building that housed my childhood dentist. Again, you guys are a little bit younger than myself and maybe remember this, but dentistry was not as, it was far more painful as a kid yep. as, uh, as it turned out to be much later. Right. Yeah, my grandfather was my dentist, but I had a baby tooth that he had to put a cavity on, and he did not use Novocaine. Wow, I had a dentist that didn't feel like he used Novocaine. He told me he did, didn't feel like it though. Like I said, remember it was, uh, it was rough. Yeah, the dentist that I'm speaking of, he was informed by the the technician that it had a loose tooth, and he came in, sat down that next to me, he said, "Oh, I understand you got a loose tooth." I said, "Yeah." 
He reached and grabbed and yanked it out in about two seconds. <laughs> you know, without any warning, he said, hey, let me take a look. He looked at it, right, grabbed right. it, pulled it out. Did you say, not that one? <laughs> That's the wrong one. I, I always remember he said, maybe even that visit, I forget when. He said, we're going to have the talk about braces and make sure you tell your folks that we're going to you know, talk about that next time. And I never told my folks I never got braces. So I can't imagine that just because I didn't talk about it, he didn't do it. But uh, that's what it seemed like my whole life, that just because I didn't pass on the word (laughs) that I didn't get braces as a result of that. Wow. I don't know. Maybe he just didn't take notes or something. And he's just (laughs) expecting the kids to remember it for him. (laughs) Nobody's coming back for braces. I don't get it. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe I'll get a call one of these days from whoever took over his office (laughs) saying, hey, yo, we've been meaning to get back to you on this for the last 40 years. How are your teeth now? Are they no? Do you feel like you need braces? No, although I got one snaggle tooth that's kind of deep in my mouth. And uh, other than that, I haven't had any problems with it. Hmm. I don't know. Good. I'm paying off my kids' braces here now. Yeah. So you got that. You got that second round of stuff. You know, you you got the older kids with the with the braces. Now you're going to go through this all again. Actually, you know what? I, I listened to some podcast and. I won't be able to paraphrase it that accurately, but one thing they mentioned is that braces might be far oversold and lead to eventual tooth problems later life. The, the body wasn't necessarily meant to go through this process, and it could lead to problems that we're not anticipating decades later. You're just saying that because you didn't get braces. You're just saying yeah. like, yeah. You guys are screwed. Good. Yeah, right. And I'm good. <laughs> Well, what kind of what kind of tooth problems are they talking about? Tooth loss. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Some kind yeah. of maybe uh, jawbone yeah, issues okay. or something. Yeah. Yeah. That essentially that you're creating maybe maybe loose looseness, laxity in those in those joints, and might be problems later. I forget, hmm. but I just know you're screwed. That's all I know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well. All right. Just yank them. You know, uh, one thing uh, having kids again makes me think about how on TV they oversell this thing where your kids are going to be forced into making volcanoes. Uh, almost every ad, have you seen that? Almost every ad, there's the kid that's making the volcano and the project at home. And the parents are trying to figure this out. Yeah. My kids are almost out of high school. We've never come close to making a volcano. No volcanoes. Yeah. If wow. you had to make a volcano at home. Mm. I believe I did. Or one of my kids made one. Yeah. I'd, I don't know if we've ever had to, but I'm trying to think, you know, there's a couple different ways to do it, right? I mean, like one is the baking soda and vinegar, right? That's the yep. one where there was, it could, but I, there was something in grade school, again, you know, back in the seventies when we grew up, they really didn't care about much, but there was something with fire. Like there was something, I don't know if they had, I don't think it was black powder, <laughs> but it was something like they lit and it was in kinder, my kindergarten class, and like <clears throat> all this smoke and everything. It wasn't just like, you know, some little chemical reaction that foamed up. It was like this big thing. So there may be some other ways to do it that I, I don't know about, or maybe shouldn't know about, but. Um, yeah. But if you watch TV commercials, you'd be mm-hmm. convinced that every semester you're going to be making this uh, volcano. I could see like a tsunami. You know, I could do that. Just bring a bucket of water that I could replicate pretty easily. Sure. But sure. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. I never had to do I never had to do that. Now, another thing is Andy and I were involved in Boy Scouts and they had yeah. projects and whatnot. What was the, the classic one is the uh, Pinewood Derby. Who would have thought, you know, how much change there'd be in things like Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts. It's gone from Boy Scouts to scouting, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And the Girl Scouts uh, are fighting that pretty viciously, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, and I, I think I said this in some other podcast, but I could see where it'd be infinitely cooler for a girl to want to become part of Boy Scouts than vice versa. And so I think the real loser in this is going to be Girl Scouts because, again, girls will clamor to be with the boys, you know, because they want to be equal with the boys, but the boys won't want the opposite. And so I'm sure Girl Scout has to fight this because otherwise they're just going to go away. Hmm. Well, we need those cookies. So we got to hold on to that. Both your kids are out of Boy Scouts now, right? Yeah. 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 My son really had no desire to go much further than he went. Do your kids interested in going further with scouting or no? no? I mean, they don't like camping. Either do so. I. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. It didn't appeal to me. I wasn't in Boy Scouts as a kid. No, me either. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. I yeah. just I did did it just to get the kid out of the house and and expose him to different people. But as you as you remember, Boy Scout meetings were about ninety five percent boredom, and then at the very end, somebody got a ball out, and the kids would run around the gym the last 10 minutes, you know, whipping the ball at each other. And that was the only reason they showed up. <laughs> nice. I remember, nice. I remember being bored. Now this is uh this is me, my shortcomings as a dad. I was at a meeting at a boy scout meeting here and I had my phone out. Right. And I kind of staring at sports scores or whatever. <clears throat> and my son, who is probably eight years old at the time, looked over at me. And started shaking his head at me, you know, like, <laughs> like, like, Dad, come on, get with it. That was one of my least proud moments as a father, where I've got my eight-year-old, you know, telling me, "Come on, get your head in the game, Dad." Did he give you that? Yeah, it was. It was. It, I I remember that look to this day, like, holy cow, yeah, right? Yeah, I got shamed. I got shamed right, good. Right. First time you really felt like you let your kid down. Yeah. First of many, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> What about you, Andy? When, when did you let your kids down? <laughs> well, I would have to think about that. I don't, not off the top of my head. I like to think I'm doing a great job, Chris. I like. I, I got, I got one, Chris. I'll All help right. you out. <laughs> so, and this was recent, unfortunately for me. Um, so my daughter was running track this season, and uh, so we went to some of the track meets. And Chris, uh, if you remember, Andy, I don't know if you did track or any running or anything like this, but I watched my brother's races. They they were brutal. They were yeah. the worst things in the world to go to. Yeah. So so sometimes what happens is, especially these guys are starting out, right? They're doing like, let's say the 400 and the first yeah. 200, they're just like full out sprint. Right. And then like, oh my God, they can't make it. You know, they, they, they just die at the end. And I'll say, I say, I say die as a sort of a preface to what I, what happened at this meet. So um, one of the other teammates is running and we're cheering him on, you know, and uh, his name is Ethan and, uh, you know, and he's trying to catch this guy and I'm trying to give him like a, a psychological edge. Right. So I yell, and these guys are like seventh grade, eighth grade, maybe. Right. And I yell out, come on, Ethan, he's going to die. He's going to die. <laughs> and, uh, and, and as I'm saying it, I'm like, oh, I'm trying to grab the words back. And my son turns to me, who's who's in seventh grade, and he goes, yeah, uh, maybe don't yell, that guy's going to die next time, Dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe maybe that was poor choice of words, right? So, uh, yeah, and Theo had to point it out. So Yeah, well, you know yeah. what, uh, this is not related to uh, kids, but I'll tell one last story here. 
uh, about disappointing yourself when you don't do the things that you should do. Like that time that I shouldn't have been staring at my phone and I should have been paying attention to the, the kids uh, boy scout meeting this again, this is not related to the kids, but it's one of these things I look back on and I, I should uh, forgive myself for this. It's not that big a deal. But uh, I remember back when I was working at Denny's, I would work a certain shift. And also I started working a different shift, a shift that had never worked. I was out on the floor getting orders and whatnot. Also, I look around. There's nobody there. No other, no other waiter, no other waitress. And I look back at the cook area and there's no cooks back there either. And so I'm looking around the building and there's nobody, you know, with an eye shot of anywhere where I can see anybody. And so I was thinking, what's going on? You know, <laughs> so I go in the back and here in the break room, all the employees, except for me, are in the back and they're all scarfing down as much food as they can. They're, they've got uh, ice cream and pie and all sorts of stuff. Right. Huh. And I turned to somebody. I said, what the hell's going on? You know, why is everybody back here eating? And then I'm thinking, what about the boss? Right. He's not going to be happy about this. Well, the person said. You're new to the shift. On these Saturdays at two o'clock or whatever, he goes to the bank and he's gone for 20 minutes. And so <laughs> we take this time to eat as much food as we can while he's gone. Right. And I said to the person, I said, well, this is silly. This is stupid. You know, I can't believe that all these grown people are are stealing this food, you know, just because I got 20 minutes you know, of free time. And so I thought it was silly. Well, give me about three weeks. I'm back there. I'm scarfing down the food when this guy's at the bank or whatever he was. And I think back to how that first instinct I had was the proper one that, you know, of course, I shouldn't take advantage of this opportunity to, to grab as much food as I can. But the the power of the group, right, the power of, of yeah. uh, mob of mentality, mob mentality. <laughs> and here, give, just give me a couple of weeks and I, I changed my tune. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so glad, Andy, they all, glad they were back at snorting cocaine, Chris. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Andy, let that be a lesson to you. Yeah. I uh, want to uh, clean up your act because uh, you got a new kid here, and uh, I want you to be on the straight and narrow. Andy Donahue, I want to thank you for being on our show again here. Yep, yeah, thanks, thanks Andy. For me, guys. Next time, hopefully, we'll be in, in the office. So, well, have a good night, Andy. Yeah, you guys too. All right, thanks. All right. thanks again, Andy. Join us next time on the Bait and Switch podcast when we talk with longtime friend of the show, Mitch Tyke. You've made it to the end of yet another Bait and Switch podcast. Spread the word.